why don't we start by saying hey everybody this is the enemy slime podcast episode number 148 i'm your usual host jared and i am joined today by mr lucio lorenzino hey i just want to know why obsidian wasted the chance of releasing tyranny today and instead of friday we can talk about that in a second i have mr michael mahoney a super great evening to you listeners and, uh, Even though the, I guess we release these in the morning. Yeah, well, you know, whatever. Maybe they listen to it at night. Let's hope. If you're listening to this now, turn it off and listen to it at night. That's will be more surprised. Seems like the way to go. And then for the first time, we have Mr. Trevor Bowles. Election coverage 2016 tonight. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we. So you, when you're listening to this, will already know who pre- the president is, but we don't, and so that's really congratulations. Exciting. That's really exciting for us. We're on the edge of our seats. Uh, we hope that for you it was good news. And if not, then we hope that we can uh, salve whatever wounds you're healing uh, with our delightful jokes, like um, this joke about tyranny that released today. What? Are you just no, saying? Are you just saying? It, this release, of a... it releases on, on, on Friday. Oh, so it does release. So you, but you were saying they should have released it today? Of course. Why? Because his name is Tyranny. Oh, I, elections. I see. So just they missed out on the uh, on the tie-in with the yeah, U.S. election. Exactly. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah. That's... I mean, it's probably uh, actually wise choice not to release it today because the entire world is <laughs> preoccupied. Boy. I don't think anything about today actually. Yeah, uh, I put up a I put up just a little ad on uh, on the uh, what is it the Facebooks. And uh, just just advertising our event on Friday because we're giving away a few passes. And I've only gotten like three people responding to it because I think everybody's just super wrapped up in, um, you know, this, this, this thing that's happening. <laughs> yeah. God. Um, but anyway, let's uh, let's go ahead and just kind of, you know, get into the get into the meat of it. And maybe we should start here with a uh, little update to I had I had an update on our J situation. Let me see if I can track that down for you oh is he still kidnapped um it it (laughs) it would seem so uh (laughs) so i have an email today uh it says this one is really spelled wrong like everywhere so follow follow me as close as you can here it says we russian strong arm out to make sure trump knew america putin no time make proper threat. Boss, what hired us say bring ruble. He say he ruse you good. Bring double ruble to Florida man house or this happen next. And then there's some pictures of I think it's it's Sonic the Hedgehog and he's being lit on fire. But I don't really oh, okay. I don't really understand. They said or this happened next, but it, it seems to me like it just happened. So uh, do we have anything to worry about? Like, is it over? I don't know, something about bringing double rubles to my house. Right, so we presume that you're a Florida man. So well, I'm a Florida How man. are you connected in this, Lucio? I mean, what do you know? Give me back my son. Yeah, this is a little suspicious, Lucio. Why is he asking us to take the money to your house? I don't know. Because he doesn't want to go to the shithole. <laughs> All right, well. Uh, if I had to choose between Utah and Miami, I would probably... Go to Miami. I feel like we've yeah. been pretty clear on the podcast that we are not giving anybody any rubles. Like, we don't even have rubles. Let's see what happens. So you, you're considering it, Michael? You'd consider giving him some rubles? I mean, I don't want to make any promises that I can't keep, but I'm not going to say that my mind is completely closed. 
that's very good. That's keeping a very open mind. I like that. Um, right. I'm just going to go ahead and say that we're we're not giving any rubles. So uh, well, Jay has been po- or posting a lot in the chat, so I assume he's probably not doing too badly in their care. Lucio, do you have a neighborhood watch? No. Okay. Well, I that was all, that was my only idea. So I I got yeah, nothing. security. Oh, you do. Yep. Okay. Will you just tell them to kind of like keep an eye out for a black guy? Russians? Or sure, a Russian? I mean, yeah. there's black guys in this neighborhood. Some black hoods. I, I don't live. I don't live in Utah. <laughs> Maybe a guy with some skittles who's looking for trouble. <laughs> oh Jesus! All right, let's move. Let's move on. Goodbye. Yeah, too bad we couldn't have got that into the pre-show. Mike would have really appreciated being the only one to hear that. And Jared <laughs> hey, too. Hey, I didn't. I didn't say I was cutting that out. No, I'm, no. I've left in worse skittle-related jokes. So, yeah. uh, you know, God. Hey, what's everybody's best skittle joke? I think that that was probably it. That's right. Can't Something tell about that. tasting the rainbow and a blue joke. I don't know. Oh yeah, I think I know that one. Um, I don't even know where to go from here. <laughs> Should we talk about uh, Titanfall a little bit, or Call of Duty, or kind of a kind of a mishmash of the two? So I uh, I finally finished Titanfall, and Call of uh, Titans. the the campaign is very short. It's uh, super super brief. It's probably I think it's shorter. I, I looked it all up on like how long to beat, and I believe it clocks in at less time than. I think every single Call of Duty title to date, um, I think it's tied with Modern Warfare 2 or 3 for length. So it's not like the with, shortest. With or without the no Russian? With or without the no Russian? Um, oh, so yeah, because you could skip that one, couldn't you? I, I don't think that adds a whole lot of time. That's probably just a couple Censorship. minutes. Censorship. Um, really hypersensitive to that kind of material. Yeah, you know, actually, I was thinking about No Russian the other day, and I th- I feel like we might have had this discussion before, but uh, I don't know about you guys, but I really feel like that probably couldn't exist today. Um, like it, it, it yeah. No Russian. It got a lot of outrage back then, but I feel like it would just. I feel like it would be way worse today. Yeah, yeah I feel like they're probably yeah. everything is terrible these days. So probably. Yeah. Okay. Question. Do you think they could have done it? I, I didn't play it myself, but I watched video. It didn't seem particularly well executed. Do you think there's a mature way they could have done that, that people could not lose their shit about? I don't think there's a mature way to do it. and make. I, I think that the more mature it is, uh, the more people will lose their shit. Like, um, oh, right. It still probably feels gamey enough that it wasn't a huge deal. Um I mean, personally, I didn't really have any issue with it, but because uh, you're an adult, yeah, I guess you know it, it, it didn't bother me. I I played it. I didn't feel the need to turn it off in the menu. You weren't triggered. I was not triggered. I'm afraid, but more so than usual. But that's neither here nor there. The the point that I was getting at is that uh, Titanfall Two is really fucking good, and it feels really weird going from that to immediately going to Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. <laughs> Uh, because they are games like Infinite Warfare is absolutely 100% uh, doing an imitation of Titanfall, but it is just not doing a good one. Uh, and so I actually think probably Advanced Warfare or maybe Black Ops 3 were both closer to the movement model of Titanfall, but but ultimately nobody has figured it out, I would say. Um, right. Titanfall's campaign is very open. The levels just are enormous and very expansive and will let you kind of go where you see fit. And uh, because of that, you 
you kind of adopt this like run and gun style of gameplay that's very unique. It's not something that you uh, really get to experience in other shooters. Um, like I would say the most important move that you have in Titanfall is probably the slide. So you you click in your stick to run and then you press B and you'll go into the slide and it kind of never stops. Like it, you have a lot of momentum in it. There's kind of like boosters that push you forward when you do it. And this lets you like shoot past enemies and kind of flank them and, and hit them from behind. Or there's some enemies who have shields and the, the slide will let you just go right past them and, and shotgun them in the back and that kind of stuff. And uh, Call of Duty has a slide as well, but it goes about maybe like a quarter of the distance. And when you slide into enemies, they shoot you and kill you. <laughs> so uh, sounds pretty good too. Like Titan Titanfall, really, I, I don't necessarily want to say rewards you, but there's there's certainly an incentive to get up in people's faces. Like, you're fast, you can jump on the wall, you can do these cool slide moves, and so you will frequently find that you're getting up in people's grill and shotgunning them, or uh, melee uh, attacking them, or even just, you know, you know, blowing them away with a machine gun. But in Call of Duty, it's really not that. If you're in the open, you're getting shot, and if you run up to somebody, like, you're in trouble. And uh, I played Titanfall 2 on hardcore and I, I'm playing Call of Duty on normal just because I didn't want to spend as much time with it. And I mean, it's, it's just it's so huge. The difference I, I think I'm dying more in Call of Duty because my brain is so tuned to like this run and gun attitude. And what Call of Duty really wants I, you to do is kind of get behind boxes and hide a lot of times. I, I was going to say, do you think it's a just they have two different play styles in mind or do you think Call of Duty is just really confused? Ooh, ah, that didn't sound right. Um, it's <laughs> it's a little bit of both. I think that, yes, Call of Duty does and has always had a deliberately different play style than uh, Titanfall. Uh, simultaneously, though, I think that they send mixed messages when they implement things like a wall run, which, by the way, you never will need to use ever. Like in in Titanfall, there are you know large portions of levels that really heavily rely on you having a good grip on how to do the wall run, and you know how your momentum works and what what kind of jumps you can hit with a double jump. And like there are some segments that are that are actually like pretty challenging uh, that use that those mechanics. And then conversely, Call of Duty has like this wall run that I don't feel like I've ever had to use for any reason at all. Are you saying that? It expects you to actually master his mechanics? I think Titanfall does, absolutely. Wow. Groundbreaking. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't like that. I I just want to press a button and win. Well, I don't I'm, even think you need to do that in Call of Duty. Uh, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, like it's it's harder and it's easier in some ways, so it's difficult to explain. Call of Duty, especially now, just feels so much more like a shooting gallery. Like, you're always looking down a hall, and there's guys popping up behind boxes and running around corners and things like that. Whereas Titanfall, like I said, you know, it's really not uncommon for you to run all the way around a room to get behind someone and attack them that way. And those are just things that you can't do in Call of Duty. It's very much a corridor shooter. It's like I said, like we're all looking down the exact same hallway and we all see the exact same thing. And uh, Titanfall is just not like that for the most part. And so they they are very different. They play very different. I, 
I'm not going to necessarily go and say that one is wrong and one is right. Um, you may have a preference for one or the other, but I very deeply have missed Titanfall uh, while I've been playing Infinite Warfare. Did they, do you think that start. Call of Duty added that mechanic just because they wanted to say, oh yeah, we have that mechanic? Um, yes. Actually, I would, yeah. That's just the end of my sentence there. Uh, yeah. I, I think that Why? They, I mean, it's not like Titanfall is setting the world on fire. You know, that's a that's a good point, too, but we didn't see any of this stuff until Advanced Warfare, which came out right about the same time as Titanfall, and I, I think it was mostly a response to, like, the buzz that Titanfall had. Mm-hmm. Um... I hope that they drop it because they they obviously can't do it. Like they they very <laughs> they very clearly can't do it and bring it justice. Uh, so my hope is that they'll just ditch it entirely and kind of call it good because it's it's not really helping anybody. Um, uh, do you think if they could nail it, it would actually breathe some life into probably kind of tired series or? Is it just going to feel derivative? I mean, yes, but at the same time, there's already a series doing that. So, like, Mm. I'd like to see... I I would like to see Call of Duty pivot in a different direction. I would like to see them go back to a more... I think Battlefield kind of... uh, I think Battlefield kind of has the right idea uh, by kind of taking it back to the old World War settings. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing more stuff like that now. It's weird that that... I would say that that feels fresh, but it certainly feels fresher than... Uh, what we're getting now i'd even maybe go back further like revolutionary war <laughs> have a musket that takes really long to load or something cool like that i mean the idea is kind of intriguing we've we've talked before about how we kind of want call of duty to go crazy like just just go or that yeah just go full-on fucking crazy and like you're surfing down the eiffel tower with two <laughs> rocket launchers, one in each hand, and uh, just you know, blowing up—I uh, don't know—some somebody. We'll, we'll come up with someone to blow up. But uh, I think I think something like that would would be a more fun way or a, a more exciting direction for the series to go in. I think I think that would be um, that would be nice. Military expedition to the top of Mount Olympus awakens Zeus, and now the Call of Duty guys have to fight. Uh, the guy from God of War. <laughs> there you go. Now we're talking. Uh, You're good, right? I'm trying to think of the guy. I feel like the casting in Infinite Warfare is very emblematic of kind of just like what the series is and where it's going. Uh, because your main character is uh, Brian Bloom. He's played by Brian Bloom. And he is um, just kind of like generic TV man. I don't think he was on NCIS, but he really looks like he should be. Uh, but from what I can tell, he he was not. But he's he's in a lot of just like I said, just kind of he was in the A Team remake and um, what else was he in? I, I think, oh, generic TV guy. He's just generic TV guy. <laughs> he just looks Got like it. he fits right in with uh, with generic TV. I really thought he was in NCIS for for a while, and I thought that was also like kind of telling but anyway he's probably one of monica's boyfriends on friends at once he's just a very ordinary dude and uh they've got kit harrington as the bad guy john snow from game of thrones and so i mean that seems to be like they're casting modus operandi which is cast like a big star to play the bad guy um so maybe my question to you guys is who do you want to see as the bad guy in the next call of duty hillary clinton 
<laughs> well, it looks like it's going to be free. Completely, completely possible. It looks like she might be free. So yeah. um, <laughs> it it seems like this is a thing that uh, that we could have. So I guess we'll see how that goes. You have to storm the fortress where they keep our email server. It's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. They don't because the thing is. Yeah, Call of Duty hasn't gotten like super crazy and off the rails, but they've also like gotten completely insane on like their geopolitics, right? Because like you were fighting like Venezuela and and then in like Black Ops Three was like a, an AI and <laughs> I'm not sure like this is go full James Bond. They want like you know some guy like petting a cat and you know, but they already do that because they already have this like super doom machines how about an ancient race of sentient aliens who uh destroy every civilization that ever rises oh yeah fuck it let's put the reapers that sounds pretty good um <laughs> so the story in call of duty is uh there's and actually i should really probably shouldn't be relaying this because i'm i've i have not been paying enough attention to, <laughs> to do this well but there's a guy and he has to run at the dude and, and they talk friends, about they talk about how they've exhausted Earth's resources so humanity had to turn to the stars or whatever. Uh, but it seems like your main character lives on Earth <laughs> and um and Jon Snow comes with his like he he's like a splinter military group and they show up and attack Earth because they want to take it over, but I thought it was out of resources. It seems like it shouldn't matter anyway. But uh, that's the story in a nutshell. You're a soldier and uh, you you live on Earth, but then you Jon Snow attacks and you have to take over a, uh, a command of a spaceship. So you, it does have kind of a little bit of a Mass Effect feel in that regard. Like before each mission, you walk up to a big map of the star system and pick like where you're going to go and what mission you're going to do and all that stuff. Um, I do want to give them some credit because there was a lot of buzz that the game was just Call of Duty and like that they weren't doing anything or uh, changing it in any meaningful way or really taking advantage of the space uh, situation. But I actually feel like they have made pretty good use of the fact that the game is set in space. Uh, there are a lot of zero gravity segments and some updated controls to allow you to kind of navigate in, in zero G uh there's also i would say a surprising amount of ship to ship combat in the game hmm. there's a a number of segments where you go out in a in a star fighter or a cruiser and uh shoot down you know bad guys i would say it's probably comparable to the combat in no man's sky that is to say that like it's not very deep uh but i, I think it's satisfying enough like it feels good enough well, but it's yeah. much better coming from a game where it's just part of the game rather than the whole game right right so you get the star map you get these missions that you can go on you, you choose the order uh in which you can do them and uh some of them will have you like boarding enemy ships and those always start with segments where you know you're in space in a suit actually like floating through the the like battle that's taking place around you and you'll usually board the ship and steal and I, I've stolen like a, a prototype gun and I got on and hijacked a prototype ship. And so it seems like I'm mostly just stealing prototypes. <laughs> I'm prototype but thief. Do they have 18 quintillion million uh, missions? No, uh, they definitely don't. 
In fact, it seems pretty light in general on uh, on on missions, and I'm not sure how many there will be. But I'm doing all the side ones before I take the next main mission, and I think that th- I might be like seeing all of them. I f- I feel pretty good about that because I'm not anticipating that this will be a very long game. But yeah. Anyway, um, um, I don't know any anything you guys are wondering about it, or I, I think those are all my points. It's I mean, it's hard it's... for me to get excited about a Call of Duty game, so I have a slightly yeah. off-topic question. Are there any games that have done anything cool with Zero Gravity? Interesting question. Um, no? No? Yeah. <laughs> no shit. Usually what they use is they, they just use mechanics for underwater. Yeah, I, that's true. And so that's, that's a problem. That's certainly how Infinite Warfare feels. It doesn't, doesn't feel uh, all that interesting there. Uh, maybe... I wouldn't say it's interesting stuff with zero gravity, but I like the way space is portrayed in Dead Space. Uh, yeah, they're very faithful to the concepts of space. There's no audio when a, like a hatch blows or something like that. Like you're just mm-hmm. outside and it's dead quiet. And there's a little bit of sound. Like when you shoot your gun, you can kind of hear like a muffled uh, version of it. But for the most part, like everything's very very. You hear your your footsteps, but it feels like they're like inside of your suit, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Like you can hear yourself breathing and you'll start like kind of hyperventilating as you spend too long out there and that sort of stuff. And so, I mean, that's really effective and works really well. But it to to get back to your question, it's not really an interesting use of zero gravity. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're glued to the to the ship. They do have segments where you're inside the ship and zero gravity will kick in. And uh, they're okay. They're all right. I, I think it's the closest thing I can give you to a good example. No, that's good. What nice would work. what would you want to see? I don't know. What what would make something compelling to you in that regard? I don't know. Remember that movie where that bitch kills George Clooney? What gravity? In space. I don't think she kills him. <laughs> Pretty sure she was responsible for that. But maybe you're thinking of Solaris because I think I don't George, know. I think a woman kills George Clooney in space in that. But uh, in the first part of the movie, they're doing a lot of interesting stuff with, like, the fact that you don't slow down in space. Or, oh, yeah. You know, you, if you don't bounce off of something, there's you have no ability to stop yourself from going one direction. You know, that kind of stuff. I don't did, know. It feels like there could be something interesting to do there. Did you guys do uh, anything about um, Adrift? Did you guys play that at all? Or did anybody see that or watch trailers for it or anything? Nope. Which one? Adrift. I think it's spelled with a one. A D R one F T. That's probably why I ignored it. It's a um, very, very strict about its spelling. It was basically like Gravity, the game, pretty much. Uh, it just came out this year. It hasn't been out very long. Didn't didn't do great on Metacritic. I think it. I think it's sitting at like a sixty percent or something like that. So you're right. This is definitely Gravity, the game, but. By all accounts, it didn't uh, it didn't crush it, but um, I mild wonder... sexual teams. What? what mild, I'm talking about. mild sexual teams. Seems. Hmm. Well, that sounds pretty good. This is what I'm talking about. Mild sexual teams in fucking space. In space. So, oh. so that's space what, banging. That's what Lucia wants. Then is uh, kind of like a space sex thing. Hey, I actually haven't thought about it, but yeah, you're right. That would be pretty cool. Hmm. Right? Okay. All right. Well, take it how you can so, get it. There, there you go, game developers. Porn in space. Zero Maybe uh, with a VR component. 
<laughs> no. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of uh, what else there was. I, that that's really just about it. I feel like the sis gravity of the game. Yeah, it really. I'm, I wasn't kidding when I said it's gravity of the game, but I'm wondering if it makes good use of of uh, zero grav or stuff like that. Because I, I, I do get your point, which is uh, that uh, gravity was kind of interesting in that regard. I think Interstellar had some moments like that, too, um, where they had a lot more complex problems to deal with than you see in video games, you know, uh, like like matching the speed that the ship rotates when he tries to dock with it and, and mm. things like that. Um, and so, I mean, maybe Star Citizen is the answer to that question because i'm sure that it has a pretty healthy respect for gravity and and the mechanics oh, of space. It's a vr game that's it's vr but you can play it uh without a headset i believe like a poor person i saw it on demo at e3 and i didn't feel no, like waiting just, to play it it looks like you're just floating and looking at everything that you destroyed yeah, I think <laughs> I'm it, watching the trailer and there's like no gameplay here. It's kind of like a tour of the, your destroyed space station, it, which it, would really fit the VR mold, right? Because that's what I'm seeing with VR. It seems to be just like check it know, out. Yeah, mm-hmm. look at you know. There's check two it out the game. There's two VR different VR experiences that I've seen. There's the uh, crazy one where it's like, oh, let's try to I don't know, cook a meal, and then you just grab a bunch of shit and throw it <laughs> inside, and like the, the attention is like you know all of the stuff that you're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, uh, oh, let's take a walk and gaze at this beautiful, you know, world that we created in VR for you to just do nothing in. It, uh, yeah, that seems to be, that's what it is. Here's a negative review for the game. It says, the most beautiful, boring game I've ever played. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Uh, but yeah, a lot of these people are playing it without a VR headset and don't seem to think it's anything special. It seems like the people who are enjoying it tend to gravitate towards having headsets. So maybe that's something that makes a big difference. It probably feels a little more immersive. And I think that's really all this game is trying to do is feel immersive. So that's probably mm. part of it, I would imagine. It doesn't what, look like it's the, very long. One of the reviews says, I really, really hate this game. You float around like a twat. There's no gameplay. Total ripoff. Do not buy this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, fair enough. Uh, the internet's just the best. They've got it figured out. Um, but yeah. Anyway, that's uh, so that's the new Call of Duty. I don't. I think that's probably all there is to say about it. it. It's nothing's really wrong with it. It's more Call of Duty. So if you've been enjoying it and you don't think anything is wrong, uh, then I don't see a reason why you won't enjoy Here, this here's- one. The relative situation is that we can bitch among all of one of Call of Duty. But the people who buy Call of Duty don't listen to our podcast and they don't care about what we have to say. And right. If you've been like waiting to know whether or not it was time for you to jump back into Call of Duty, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> especially, I mean, if you already bought Titanfall 2 and you just totally chewed through it uh, and, and there's just nothing left and you really need something to do, okay, sure. Like, yeah, you'll fly around in a spaceship, you'll kill... Jon Snow, like you'll have an okay time, but uh, but this just doesn't offer anything. I think the very compelling or new, um, in in spite of a lot of the new stuff it does add, it's just not interesting stuff really. Yeah, it's like you know, buy FIFA and it's gonna be FIFA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's the same. Much. So I said that we would talk about BlizzCon, 
And I think we should because it happened last week. And I mean, I know that our interest in Blizzard stuff kind of varies. That's why I've got Trevor here, of course, because he's like my my Blizzard master, my Blizzard. Master. The, I I dare say fanboy, perhaps. I think that mm-hmm. I think yeah. that you're probably a little more forgiving. <laughs> than, I agree. Than the way that we might view with it. So I'm not afraid of my bias. <laughs> so why don't we start with that? Actually. Uh, <laughs> Well, first of all, let me ask: Did anybody did anybody watch any BlizzCon coverage other than Trevor? Yeah, of course. I watch all the Overwatch stuff because that's what I care about. Okay, so you you saw the Overwatch stuff. Um, maybe maybe let's start there. So I guess my first question on the Overwatch front is: Did they add anything other than Sombra? They added a few maps, and yeah, new game modes, an arcade mode. So yeah, all that stuff. Anything yeah. that, anything that you guys are particularly excited about there? What are you looking forward to, Trevor? Well, yeah, I mean, that's I mean, that's that's about all there is to look forward to in a game like that. And, and not, not meaning that it's a bad thing, but uh, they're adding all good stuff, maps, new new characters. It's it's and it keeps the game fresh because it's I mean, all you're doing is repeating the same process over and over in a first person shooter. I think it's a little shake up to the meta, honestly. Um, yeah, exactly. They, they needed to throw something in and it looks like Sombra is going to be kind of a wrench into a lot of the. Uh, Oh, established yeah. playstyles just because of her abilities. Definitely. Which are exactly like me, Jared. I yeah, I maintain my <laughs> I maintain my stance. Uh I think that Anna was a uh pretty interesting character because I've never seen something like that before. Like like a sniper who heals that's you. That's because you haven't played Xenoblade Chronicles, so shut up. Ah, whatever. Yeah, I'm sure that's yeah. where they ripped it off from. Boys, boys. <laughs> You're both a boring bunch of bitches. But I <laughs> I think I think Sombra's uh a little underwhelming. Uh I don't know, man. The, the new stuff is really interesting. Uh, you know, she can she doesn't really disable the characters themselves, she disables their abilities. Which depending on who she's playing against can be pretty you know, interesting. Um so you, the hit the supports uh are going to have a like that that whole meta is gonna be shaken up. Because now she she can cancel, for example, Lucius Alt. Mm-hmm. Um, used to be one of the most like useful ones. Um, so how does she, can... she how does she do that? Does she target him directly and just use her regular hack attack or whatever, and just turns well, off whatever he's doing? For the alt, it would be her ultimate, which is uh, kind of like an EMP hack. Okay, so right. her her alt cancels his alt, basically. Right, and another thing that alt does is it kills all the barriers, which right. uh, affects disproportionately Senyara and Saria, who are two of the most like dominant characters right now uh, in the game. Is that, so, is that your experience too, Trevor? I know you and Lucy are probably playing at different levels. Exactly. And so, um, most definitely. And the, the, the thing that she has that is really interesting is her hack, which is her right-click ability. And that ability silences for a couple seconds, which will be really interesting to add that to the meta um, to see, you know, to see what happens. Now, but let me ask, does it, I mean, initially it doesn't really shake anything up. If I, unless by shake things up, you mean fighting a bunch of teams of all five Sombras, right? In competitive. So you're, you're just talking about quick play. So um, you talked a little bit about counters, things like that. Aesthetically, what are you? What are your thoughts on the design of the character? Are you happy with the direction that they took her? Or? Yeah, 
Sorry, what was the question? Oh, I was just it. I was just asking. So you, you guys like her mechanically? You uh, like her aesthetically as well? Is that the kind of character you want to see them add to Overwatch? Yeah, I mean, I think it was one of the only that they could really add, at least at this point, in my opinion. I guess they've got lots coming down the pipe that you know we don't know about. Uh, let's see. So I think we, I think we pretty much covered Sombra pretty good. Then you guys are feeling pretty great about it. Maybe I have one more question since I don't follow Overwatch like you guys do. Um, what, what's, what's next? Is there another character that like we know the name of, or we've had hints to, or is there, um, is there kind of like nothing on the horizon right now? There is rumors or there are, yeah, there are rumors. Uh, there's a guy who they make lots of hints to. What is his name? Lucio? Is it like death, Doomfist. death hand? Doomfist. That's it. Death hand. That's what I was coming up with. <laughs> hey, death hand <laughs> and doomfist are like right on the same page. Yeah. Uh, well, that's equally the- creative. It's the next yes. rumor, yeah. So that uh, and supposedly he's a tank, but there's a bunch of uh, references to other heroes, and you know they look at old concept art, and it's it's a whole there's a whole industry around like Overwatch theories. So mm-hmm. I'm sure we're gonna. I just hope they don't do another like ARG because it was getting really boring at the end. It was really boring listening to you guys talk about that ARG. You're right. You're part of whatever thing, so whatever. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that they definitely drew it out longer than they should have. Um, yeah. At the very least, when it ended, they should have had the character ready to go. But, like, the fact that she's not up right now makes it feel like yeah, that yeah. whole thing's just ill-timed. Like, I when hate... they putting her on PTR? Do you know, Lucia? It's already on PTR. Oh, okay, yeah. But I mean, that, that's why I can't get in, because it's so, like, everybody's trying yeah. to, to go in. And the PTR only has like I think ten ten thousand right. players at the time. Yeah. So everybody's trying to get some some sombra action. Yeah, I mean it's I mean I don't I wouldn't want them to just drop her without doing PTR. And I guess their whole their whole purpose of that whole even though I agree it was delayed way too long. They you know they're they're wanting to do a release you know release her to the public as a character. And then they're going to test her. So they're not going to drop it on the PTR before testing her or, or before announcing her. Um, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, I, you know, I, I think it's the right way to do it. I, I don't want them to to drop some content, you know, that has never been tested on, on the PTR because they make changes on the PTR. I mean, Anya got huge changes after they tested her on the PTR. Yeah, um, and it looks like Sombra is super OP right now. Yeah, yeah. But to the point where she's uh, she's like taking on two or three people at the same time and winning most of those, which right. you know it isn't the way this game is supposed to work. So, uh, so I'm pretty sure she's gonna get nerfed pretty hard before they release her. Definitely, and and that's why I think it's good to do the PTR. I mean, the the draw out or the you know the length of time it took them to announce her is probably what makes you feel that where you're saying, hey, like. I can't believe they didn't just release her, you know? I mean, that's that's where you're coming up with that because it took so long before they released her and they were teasing her for way too long. Um, Here's what I think happened. They, I know th- I knew they were always going to announce her during BlizzCon, right? Mm-hmm. I think that was always the plan. What I think is they underestimated the capacity of people on the internet to, like, solve these things. Um, and that's where like the problems came, right? Because there was a point where they had this countdown that this wouldn't move, mm-hmm. and I think they were just making time for the kind of like the ARG to catch up to their own timeline, because it was moving way too fast. Like you, you would like, you would, I don't know. I will, I will go to work in the morning, right? And they would be like, oh, we found a new piece, and then you would like, I will come back home at, at night, and it would be like, well, um, 
these people logged into this website and they discovered this binary key and then they translated the binary key to Morse code and then the Morse code to ASCII and then the ASCII <laughs> to like, uh, you know, terminal equations. And with that, they came up with this URL and they went to this URL and they found this thing. And it's like, dude, they did we all that in like eight hours. Descendants of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they went into a German submarine and cracked the Enigma code. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know, I think they, yeah. they really underestimated the capacity of these people to, you know, just crack these things. Right. Yeah, I agree. And so people were getting frustrated because they kept cracking them and, you know, like, there was more stuff. Yeah, and Blizzard kept trying to release it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they had to delay it. So, yeah. Hmm. Um. Right, so cool. I think that's where that came from. But I just hope next time it's just like straight up, like announce it. Yeah. Right. And right. He was a fucking character. I, you know, the thing is, is that I don't think that they'll learn any lessons from the negative feedback for it, because <laughs> that's just kind of how Blizzard is. Like they can do anything, and uh, and people will whine and bitch and moan and complain, and they'll still eat it up. And you know, Overwatch's yep. sales will go up. And I mean, yeah. it it's not. I, I'm trying to think of what Blizzard could do that would actually like hurt them in some way. Like what's a negative decision they could make and uh, nothing really comes to mind. Like I feel like they could replace one of the races in WoW with like Care Bears and probably still be okay. You send the Mists of Pandaria, the uh, I, Yeah, <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess I forgot about <laughs> Mists of Pandaria. They just need to come out and say something nasty about Doctor Who. So, so Trevor, you're actually our only WoW player. I was hoping that, that Doug would be here, but uh, he, he, I think, is the only other one who plays it. But anything new on that front that you're looking forward to or anything big? It, it seems like most of the WoW stuff happened before BlizzCon, but... Well, uh, so two things. Uh, yes, they, you know, what they, well, what they did is they tried to set the expectation or not the expectation, but the try to set the precedent that they are going to be releasing good content, that they are going to be releasing more content because the last expansion was basically a failure in a lot of ways because they weren't releasing new content. They went a year without one new patch for Warlords of Draenor and it really Jesus. killed their, yeah, it really killed their, uh, their player base. That's when the big dip in, in uh, sales started happening. So what they were trying to do at BlizzCon, which, uh, like you said, they did release a lot of content. Um, I'm actually currently playing the new raid that dropped today. But the um, one of the things that they did do is they laid out all the content that they're going to do in the future, what they're looking forward to to 2017 um, before next BlizzCon. Um, and they came out with a lot of good stuff. I think you know a lot of people who are into WoW really thought it was a good you know roadmap for what's going to happen. Um, and uh, it's a couple of raids, it's a couple of dungeons, it's a couple of um, little expansions. They're doing more holidays, more, you know, stuff that I'm not interested in, like you know, like holidays and stuff. Kind of, kind of fluffier things, it feels yeah, like, maybe. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The, the fluff, the, you know, the, the boring stuff, in my opinion. But um, all, all good content. It's stuff they're trying to make things better they're trying to make sure that there's content out there for people to to do and and get through and people get through the content really fast so it's a good thing hmm. yeah okay i can see that for sure um what, uh, what is the world of warcraft player base like these days are they all grizzled campaigners or do you still have a lot of like new people getting into it and 
cycling through? That's a good question, you know, actually. That's a good, that's a good question. I honestly don't know the answer to it. I'd say that all the people I play with have been playing for years. Um, you know, it's been a long, they've been playing for a long, long time. So. I just, yeah, I can't really imagine people getting into it now. Like there's there's, there's got to be, no, but there has to be those people who are like just discovering this neat game, World of Warcraft. Like, there's always going to be. Uh, you know, a, a newbie crowd to a game like this, but like, I, I really wonder what what does like Goldshire look like? Oh, it's empty. It's right. empty. Right. <laughs> There's <laughs> nobody there. <laughs> is there even shit to do there? Like, can if I started playing, is there is there like stuff I, to do? I think if you buy it now, you get like most of the expansions for free, and then yeah, yeah. Um, it's basically a $60 game with everything that's included because really, I mean, you're not getting everything. Um, right, right. Cause you can't go back to those zones. Right. You're, you're not able to. So, and like for me, that would be the charm of playing wow again is to relive like that experience of doing like the dead mines for the first time. Um, yeah, I mean, you can still do all of it while you're leveling, but it is way easier than you originally experienced back in the day, which if we jump to another topic, that's the whole uh, the whole idea of these uh, legacy servers and how Bl- Blizzard completely uh, dropped the ball on that one. And Nostralaris, the big uh, yeah, the, the vanilla big, WoW one that they shut down. Yeah, exactly. They're talking about reopening it. That's that's a that's a big thing. Um, people are trying to go back to it. And Nostralaris said they're going to be reopening the service because Blizzard. Did not come out with a, an announcement saying that they were going to do legacy servers, which they so they it, tr- they tried hinting at it before, but they didn't. Do you think that's with Blizzard's blessing that they reopen, no, or, or are they definitely just, not? Are they just being like, "Fuck it, we don't care"? Oh no, they they they're saying "fuck it" because Blizzard didn't respond because Blizzard didn't say, "Hey, you know, uh, we're going to do something." Now they're going to do something. Nostralaris is going to do something. Mm-hmm. So that's their that's their response. I mean, even without them so, around, there's plenty of other vanilla WoW servers out there. Like it's a it's a pretty thriving uh, community, I think. But oh, also, yeah. what were you going to say? Never, I, I never played WoW, and I, I probably will never play WoW. Good choice. Not at this uh, point. So my question is, and this is something that has been like that I wonder every time I read these stories. It's like, why play vanilla WoW? Oh, like what was the Trevor can probably answer the question better than yeah, me, but to, that's why I'm to taking me, the opportunity. Well, OK, fine. I'll just let Trevor answer it. Yeah, shut up, Jared. Yeah, sure. I mean, so, <laughs> you know, with Vanilla Wow, a lot of people really enjoyed the um, the community, I think, is like the big the big thing with Vanilla Wow. Right. It it was way different than it was today in terms of how you could get groups, who you grouped with, how you even played the game with regards to um, uh, with regards to. Sorry, I was stuttering here on this That's crazy fine. thing we're doing here. Um, with regards to how you get groups is the main thing. The the big community here. So right now they have looking for raid finder. They have looking for group finder. They have the you know, they have the all the instanced content is all just pre-made and you just go in. All the servers are connected. So it doesn't even really matter what server you on. There's no server community. There's no there's no guild community because a guild is mainly just a place where you get extra perks that you didn't that you don't get if you're not in a guild. 
Um, so it really takes away from that sense of community. One of the things that people really used to like to do is you're just spamming it. You're going to Ironforge and you spam in chat, hey, we need a healer and a DPS for, uh, you know, Stratholme. And that's one of the things that a lot of people used to really like to do. And it really takes away from that group of community when you're not doing that. You would have to use to build your friends list so that you could come up with, you know, people uh, to run. You'd find yourself a good tank and you'd be like, hey, you know, we're going we're gonna to call that guy every single time. If he's online, we're going to say, hey, you want to run Strat, you want to run Scalamance, you want to run, you know, Ubers, whatever it may be. And that doesn't exist anymore because you just hit a button and they queue you up with some random guy on another server wherever he's at. And hmm. it seems like it's easier and it would be better, but it really takes away from that sense of community and that sense of um, why you play a game that's all just all other people that you're working with, right? I mean, right, right. you're playing a game where you have to work with other people and the whole point is to get in these groups and work with people. And when you don't have any connection to these people, you get this toxic community where people will just leave if it's not going well or whatnot. And it just <laughs> really takes away from the game. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why. The other the other side of it is um, the uh, uh, difficulty. It was definitely more difficult and more grindy back in the day. Um, whether you like that or not is personal preference. But I think a lot of people um, felt like they were achieving more with that old style right. of grindiness. Um, mm -hmm. And oh, no, no, it's the, all about getting to the new content, right? So. Yeah, exactly. Just burning through it. What's the next thing we can do? What's the next thing we can do? Um, and then lastly, I, I think one of the, the other big things to it as well was, uh, is this new transmog system. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. You can, you can make your gear look like anything, mm. which again, mm -hmm. sounds cool. But back in the day, back in vanilla, wow, you used to be able to say like, it, you, you could look at somebody and you'd be like, man, that guy's a badass because he has this gear. I, and you knew that by looking at him because you didn't have to inspect him to see what his gear level was or what kind of gear that he had. Right. But now you can make it look like whatever you want. And so yeah. just like, yeah. what, what do you think about skill trees? Because that's the thing that I've noticed the most is like the old builds that you used to be able to put together were a lot more advanced than... I mean, I haven't looked at the latest uh, version, but it seems like they got really, really dumbed down for a while there. They did, yeah. And uh, right now, the problem... Well, so, there's two separate problems. Um, the current system isn't bad. They have... There is some customization. The problem is, is that they... And, and they address this at BlizzCon. Uh, one of the problems that they're having right now is that if you go, for instance, I'm a Frost Death Knight, if you go Frost Death Knight, you don't really have any other choices as to what you um, are going to be picking as your talents. So there's a talent system now. Instead of like the uh, instead of you know picking a spec where you like go down the tree and you pick it out, there's now a tree for each spec. So you're not picking your spec by going down a tree. You pick the spec first, and then they give you a tree that you can choose from. Hmm. And the problem that they're having is that there's no diversity, there's no creativity because everybody's just you. If you want to mid max, if you want to, if you want to be the best that you can be, so to speak, you have to pick the the certain talents. And they're trying to fix that. They know that it exists in the game, but unfortunately, it does exist, and they haven't fixed it yet. And so that's one of the problems with today's system. Now, going back to the old system, it was really good because you could be really creative. Um, they had their own problems with balancing issues and stuff back in those times. And, you know, it's it, it's it, it, people take it or leave it. You know, people like different parts of each of the systems. But um, I, I think they're just to totally different. There's nothing similar about them in any way. Yeah, Jay, um, 
so Jay plays a warlord and he was complaining when war, uh, you know, the last patch, I forgot what it is, that um, basically his his warlord isn't really a war, um, warlock isn't really a warlock anymore. It's just kind of like a glorified mage. Yeah. Oh, um, definitely. So I, I definitely have heard that complaint before. Hmm. I agree. One of the things that you're mentioning kind of reminds me of like so so one of the things that we talked about before and you you weren't here and I don't know if you listened to the podcast but um back when we were talking about Dark Souls 3 um I I since played it and I think it's pretty good mm-hmm. but a lot of people were you know saying that it sucks and my point was what they really want to do is they want to play Dark Souls again right they want to play Dark Souls again for the first time. You're trying to you're trying to play you're trying to recreate an experience, right, not necessarily exactly. ex- play a sequel, right? Yeah. And I and I perfectly understand that because I got uh, Demon Souls back in 2009, uh, and I just picked it up in GameStop because it was used and it was cheap, and you know I, I just you know needed a game and it looked you know it had a guy in armor in the cover, or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I remember, like, logging in and nobody knew shit about the game. Like, everybody was just as lost as I was. And, you know, it was kind of like a community of people, like, discovering stuff. And I didn't get that with Dark Souls either because with Dark Souls, I bought the game about two years after it came out. So by the time I got in, it was already, like, the wiki was complete. And, you know. Yeah. And by that time, there was also, like, this industry of, like, people just making a living out of, like, talking about the lore and stuff. So I can kind of understand that whole sense of wanting to experience the community of the first time that you play the game. Um, so it, it sounds like it's very similar to what you're talking about in, in WoW. Yeah, especially yeah. WoW, though. I just can't imagine I could ever go back. Right. Like, I probably have about as much spare time as I did in college, but uh, I don't have patience. It really does. Uh, yeah, that's that's you. You get pretty deep in there, don't you? <laughs> like, yeah. It, yeah, it it really gets its hooks in you. Um, but I mean, at least with my experience, with, like I said, I don't play WoW, so I don't have that experience. But like when I played Bloodborne and I played at launch, by the time I started playing, and there were already guides out, so it's even if you start playing the game at launch, like I did with Demon Souls you still won't get the same experience because there's already like an industry around that of people like basically spoiling it, right? So like there's like five or six YouTubers who will get the game like three weeks before and they will like, by the time you get it, they will have like an entire playthrough with like all the lore explained and all the, you know, uh, perfect uh, builds and all that shit. Um, Like the experience of being like completely fucking confused and lost uh, it, it just it's not gonna happen again it's gone i mean yeah that's, that's a lot of what i enjoyed about rust that we talked about this before when jared figured out the perfect tower build suddenly a lot of the charm of that game was gone because it was no longer about stumbling around in the dark but i think wow i mean wow always just had like a shitty community or part of the community which was like just full of shitty people but there was always enough like new players on that you could always find someone who was kind of at the same level, someone you get along with. I don't know if that's the case anymore, but yeah, I mean, I think they have more players than they've ever had. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure that it's pretty close to, if not, you know, not higher than what they've ever had. Um, but, uh, so there's still, 
Yeah, yeah. Um, really? It, they've got tons of subscribers. Um, you oh. know, I, I, it's, it, it's way up there. I mean, they haven't released their, you know, quarterly earnings or whatever, but I mean, it was, it, it, it is definitely still very popular game. It's, um, but the sense of community is gone because the content is so easy to get into, um, mm-hmm. and and the content is so easy to group up into. The only thing that you really have to have an organized group for is raiding, and even that you can do what's called looking for raid, where you uh, where you just join a queue to to raid. Um, there's mm. that's that's pretty much what you can do now. So it, it's really killed it. Yeah, I hadn't really actually thought of that when you when you brought that up. Just like that transition from like a, a community sourced uh, group of players to what you could almost just call like you know modern day matchmaking, right? Like something that you'd see in a first person mm-hmm. shooter in League of Legends or yeah uh, something like that. So that is that is kind of one thing that I hadn't really considered. I'd I'd always just thought of the game as kind of being dumbed down a little bit as it's aged. I mean there. Are, components that are still complex but like there's a lot of stuff that's a lot simpler than it used to be and they don't really seem like they're very concerned with a lot of the rpg elements that they used to be concerned with um but uh now it's like have your pet have have your garrison and all that kind of stuff yeah luckily they got rid of the whole garrison bullshit um oh so you don't just sit in your garrison all the time and uh, luckily no they got rid of that shit uh the garrison is no longer a thing um it is just not something that people do. Um, you say you don't go you in know. it anymore. Is that just because there's no incentive to? Yeah, there's no reason to. I mean, gotcha. You, you don't cyber need, you don't need to anymore. So um, maybe here's kind of a final thought on WoW or a final question on WoW. Would you say that the lore at this point is at its peak of stupidity, or do you think it can get more stupid? <laughs> that's uh, that's a that's not a fair question to ask. Him, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. They can it can get more stupid. No I mean, matter how stupid it seems. Have they traveled in time lately? Like, isn't it about time to travel in time a little bit? <laughs> I think they're already traveled think. in time. Yeah, they they've multiple times, but even uh, night all that. Yeah, I mean, I I don't pay attention to lore. Okay, um, so it's not really a concern to you. No, I I, I really don't mind. I I, I don't care. Oh, I, I don't pay attention. That's um, even if you read my my uh, my piece on the on the website about it, um, I start off with just basically saying, uh, you know, blah blah blah. There's a guy, you know, guy named uh, yeah yeah. You know, it's an orc guy that's threatening the whole continent, and you got to go stop him. I mean, that's pretty much the extent of what you need to know going into it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Cool. So, yep. Any other, uh, what are the other big, I mean, we're, we're not going to spend too much more time, but what are the other big pickups for you from BlizzCon? What were the, what were your favorite moments of the, of the show? For me? Yeah, for you. You're the only one uh, who watched it. I think. Oh, okay. I didn't know no, if you're asking me. You. No, you're the man. Tell me, tell me what I missed. What was good? So for me, I'm a big esports fan. Uh, esports are fun. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever tried to watch them, but they're pretty entertaining. You definitely need to have a baseline knowledge of the game. It's definitely good to at least play the game a little bit before you watch, because if you just watch, it just looks like just shit is blowing up on the screen. Right. Um, I, I really enjoy, like, uh, I, I didn't watch the Hearthstone finals this year, but I did years past, and, like, I really liked it, but it's definitely not something that works if you don't know how Hearthstone works. Like, it's it's very, very... And I feel that even more so with, like, League and Heroes of the Storm, where, like... yeah. Uh, 
I don't know what the fuck's going on. And so I can't tell if like a good thing just happened or a bad thing just happened. And so you can't participate in like those rises and swells, right? You can't be there when everyone's like, <gasps> or yeah, or anything. So, but anyway, what was your, uh, what were your choice esports moments? Uh, well, the two that I paid a lot of attention to, I watched a lot of was um, Heroes of the Storm and uh, the uh, WoW Arena. Um, WoW Arena, I'm not so much into. It, I, I don't feel that it's as competitive as as uh, those, you know, Heroes of the Storm or any of those types of uh, um, MOBA games. Uh, those are uh, those are super competitive, in my opinion. I, I think you know the people that play those are really, really just top notch players. Um, is but, is WoW uh, Arena like watching like the old battlegrounds like Alterac Valley and no, stuff like that, or no, what? What are they 3v3. doing there? three V three competition. So it's, uh, like they put you in a tiny little box and have you fight against three other guys. Oh. Um, so, um, it's a game mode. You can play it in the game of wow. Um, a lot of people play it. It's, uh, an interesting game mode. Um, but, uh, I, I don't feel that it's as balanced as, um, you know, as stuff like heroes of the storm is, but, um, heroes of the storm. So wait, I'm sorry. Go back to, to the wow arena. Wow. Arena was pretty entertaining. Um, the, the great storyline was one of the American teams actually made it to the finals. Um, they were uh, definitely favorited, but uh, they made it to the finals. They didn't win, unfortunately. It was a pretty crazy game. The last the last uh, game they made, it, it was a round of seven, just like, you know, baseball or something. And uh, the round of seven went down to the seventh game, and uh, they lost in the last game basically by about 2% health. Some They, they got uh, somebody down to 2% health. Basically, once you get one kill, the game's over. So um, they got one guy down to about 2% and they lost. Uh, they, they didn't get him and the other team got them. Uh, it was from Europe. Um, and so it was disappointing, but it was still fun to watch. Lots of people in the crowd obviously pulling for North America. They group all the different teams uh, you know, by region where they play. And honestly, North America sucks most of the time. They are just not very good. Um, they lose a lot of the esports. So it's always fun when one of them ends up in the finals. Um, so the, Koreans. the Koreans usually always make it. They actually didn't win the WoW Arena. It was actually no. uh, EU, Euro uh, Europe, that uh, a European right. team. I, I believe they were Swedish mainly uh, that won. But uh, yeah, so that was in the WoW Arena. It was it was pretty exciting stuff. Um, but that was uh, that was the you know what happened there. In uh, Heroes of the Storm, that was an amazing, uh, amazing competition. You know, the the teams uh, from North America got kicked out, and I think like the what is it before quarterfinals? What is that round of eight uh, or, or yeah, round of sixteen? Yeah, yeah, they got kicked out in the round of sixteen. So it was pretty disappointing. Um, you know, it, they really did not show well at all. But um, Europe, which is America's next favorite team to choose to root for. For some reason, they don't like rooting for Asia, but uh, mainly because they like the underdog story, I guess. But um, the uh, uh, the uh, European team, uh, the second seed European team, actually um, pulled out an upset over the number one Korean team in the semifinals. But they weren't able to pull out an upset of the number two seeded Korean team. So they lost uh, the the uh, the. Uh, um, the uh, Koreans won, but it was still a good competition. You know, it was really entertaining. Lots of people uh, cheering, you know, uh, really intense competition. It wasn't a blowout by any means on the side of the Koreans. Um, so it was it was fun competition to watch. It's hard to explain if you're not there seeing it. 
Um, but oh, it, yeah, it, it's sure. fun to watch, you know, it, it's fun to watch. The competition is great and they really are. I mean, it, it, you know, there's a lot of talk about whether or not esports is a sport and if it, if it should be regarded as so, but you know, they, uh, it, 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 those people really are talented. I mean, they, they play these games at such an amazingly high level. Um, you know, most people can't even come close to playing as good as they do. And a lot of the times, I mean, that's all they do with their lives, but these guys are going to be making a lot of money. I mean, if you want to talk about money and and what they're doing with their lives, uh, Blizzard actually announced during the the competition that they are going to be having um, basically like contracted players. The top eight teams in each region, so the top eight teams in uh, North America, Europe, Korea, and China, are all going to be getting um, eight teams are going to be able to be contracted and uh, make money. Each player is going to get paid $100,000 a year <laughs> to be a professional player. So... It's probably going to awesome. go. It's probably going to go up too. I mean, you oh, look, yeah. you look at other sports like basketball and things like, that, and I, it's not even comparison. Uh, right. Uh, I don't think it's going to go to that level. At least not for a bit. Well, no. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I, I didn't mean like tomorrow, but uh, you know, I didn't think lots of things had happened this week. So who knows? <laughs> see what. Yeah. See so what I mean, get. that was. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of good announcements with Heroes of the Storm. Um, I don't know if you want to hear about those, but. You know, yeah. Why don't we? Uh, is it, let, let's let's make that our uh, kind of last uh, like like BlizzCon thing. What were the uh, what were the heroes of the storm? I don't think any of us play it, so I mean, I, I doubt we're like chomping at the bit. But I know we do have some listeners who are into it. So what what's the new uh, what's the new stuff? Yeah. So they announced two uh, new characters, which is uh, I mean par for the course. They they announce new characters. It, Seems like I, I'm pretty sure it's every month they come out with a new character. So they're they're on a pretty good um, you know they're on a pretty good uh, schedule there. But it's nothing new for for a MOBA. I mean that's that's what MOBAs do. That's how they keep people you know um, you know entertained. You know uh, that's how they pe- keep people into the game is by you know keeping them keeping those new characters in, keeping the money flowing for Blizzard by people paying 15 bucks for a new character. You know that's how they do it. But anyways, they announced two two new characters. Anybody them, that we know. Yeah, well, maybe I guess depending on on how much <laughs> WoW you guys played in the day. Uh, but uh, the uh, they announced Ragnaros. Uh, okay, you guys play him, play play against him in raids when you're in vanilla WoW. I don't know. Um, Ragnaros is one of them, which will be really cool. And one of the things that I think that Heroes of the Storm does better than any other MOBA out there is they they introduce these really interesting characters that you've never seen in any other type of um in, in other in other, any other type of MOBA. Mm-hmm. And, I was uh, uh, I was really impressed with um is it patches that two people control? Uh no, it's uh, Cho- um, Chogal. Chogal, yeah. I thought I thought Chogal. that was a really interesting character where like one person like, yeah one like person drove him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that was kind of interesting. But in, anyway, I'll let you keep going. Yeah, yeah, and and that's exactly what I'm talking about. Is that kind of thing, you know? And and they are they're coming out with a a new character, Ragnaros, and he's going to be like a raid boss. Like he's going to be, um, you know, he uh, you can take over a tower. You can take over a tower as Ragnaros, and that's pretty cool. Like it's a pretty it's a pretty interesting system where you can take over an actual tower. You know, um, I don't know if it's like a- you to explain towers. Um, it's like the, it's like the stuff that's defending your, your nexus. It's the stuff that's, you know, defending your, right. So uh, normally when you say take over a tower, do you mean take over one of yours and like manually control it? Or do you mean yeah. 
Like, yeah, to like, be like to be the tower so that you can defend it from enemies. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. Okay, that's pretty cool. That's a really cool system. You know, he's going to be basically like being the raid boss, being Ragnaros in WoW, and uh, it'll be really cool to see. It'll be really cool to see how that plays out, how powerful he is. Hopefully, they make him balance, but they have a tendency to make new characters overpowered to get people to you know want to play them more um, and and pay for them because they get like a little bonus. Um, at least that's my perception of it. And then, um, yeah, sorry, the other, ahead. no, I was just going to say, and then the other one, the second character was, uh, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember his name, but he's, uh, basically the main character of the, uh, the current expansion. Well, I, I say main character, but he dies, um, in like in the first five minutes of the new expansion, but he's a, a king of the, of Azeroth. Um, and, he sounds uh, like a cool guy. Yeah. I mean, he, he was really cool. He sacrificed himself, uh, you know. Okay, so that was nice of him. So uh, there's an interesting dichotomy there. Like you have Ragnaros, who, like right. you, you know, you know his skill and everything else. Off of it. But what about this other guy? What does he do? Does he do anything, or is he not? He does he does something actually really cool? So one of the things you know, as you know from playing any MOBA, there's a different type of classes. So there's like the tank, there's the brawler, there's the assassin, there's you know the range DPS. Well. He can actually be three different types of characters depending on what you want to play as, which is really cool So because it gives you some flexibility on your team to do different things. And uh, so he can be a tank. He can be a brawler DPS, kind of like a kind of like a kind of like a tank, but not not as tanky, um, but but not as uh, um, not as offensive either. So it's kind of like an in-between. And then he can also be an assassin type. So where he's just straight out damage. And, uh, you know, it, it's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome that they're r- releasing those new characters that do different things that other games don't do. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely... It's a, it's a genre that we don't have a lot of love for. But simultaneously, it is, uh, I would say, actually the best one that I've played out of the bunch, or at least the one where I can see the most like unique kind of factors and, and things like that. Um, certainly something that I prefer to league uh, by a very wide margin. So mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm happy to hear that they're still taking that in the right direction and doing the right stuff with it. So any other thoughts on, uh, on, on BlizzCon? One last thing that you want to say, or are you good? You, you, you got all the good stuff off your chest? I think I did. We're getting another Diablo, some bullshit, but I don't know what that is. So yeah, new character, oh, necromancer. Boo. All right. Oh boy, like in Diablo too. Can't wait. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, there you go. So we've added that. Oh shit! I almost forgot. We got a copy of Civilization Six. Remember that? Oh yeah. You made it, listener, all the way to the end to hear about Civilization Six. Let me, uh, let me, let me drop that code, and then we'll, uh, then we'll get on our way here. Um, so as you guys know, what we do is we give you the last uh, five digits of the Steam code for the game. And then on Thursday on our Twitter account, we will uh, post the rest of the code and you can put them together just like Nicolas Cage in National Treasure. And uh, boom, you got it. So uh, code is, this is for Steam, by the way. I guess there was some confusion last time. The last one was for Origin. This is a Steam code. So uh, it's E like end of the world uh v like victory for donald trump <laughs> and then oh, yeah. I'm glad you at least prepared this time and then b like burn bernie sanders 
okay. I guess you didn't. And then E, like election. And then six. <sighs> like the first number in six, six, six. I feel like that was pretty good. I feel like I, I crushed that. You did fucking awesome, Jerry. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us then tonight. Uh, th- thanks a million, Trevor, for uh, for for joining us. Yeah. That sorry. Was... Hopefully, I didn't ramble on too much. I uh, I apologize. I was playing the last raid boss in this uh, new raid while also trying to talk about things. It was quite a mind bend for myself to to handle it. And just as we're ending this, we have just finished, and so I am free to talk un- uninterrupted and unbothered by doing it. So. All right. Well, here we go. We'll just start over. Ready, guys? Restart. Rewind. And a one. And no, that's all right. <laughs> Uh, if just you're not- put the clever commentary, spliced up and won't sleep. I think I think you did just fine. Um, so if you enjoyed our podcast today, go go uh, you know go to our website enemieslime.com. Go check us out on Facebook and Twitter. We're at the Enemy Slime on both of those services. And uh, if you are in the Salt Lake area, you should totally come to our event at the Leonardo this Friday. Uh, and there is still a chance for you to actually get some free passes. I think that's still on our Facebook right now. We probably won't have those picked out till midday uh, today. So, um, you know, get on that. You can still come for free and uh, hang out and it'll be pretty cool. So, all right. And then I think with that, we are out.